Good morning, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and today is Renegade Times. So how are you guys? Finally, shit out an episode of Down the Rabbit Hole. It will be free to listen to on Anchor for the rest of this month, which... I don't know, is what, four more days? Yeah, four more days to listen to it for free on Anchor FM, and then you're going to have to subscribe, and it's only $2.99 a month. $2.99 a month. (laughs) Yo, I wish. (laughs) No, but it's $2.99 per episode, so if you want to listen to it, I made it very cheap for y'all, so I love you. Go listen to it. (laughs) If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to click the links down in the description below. My Instagram and YouTube is where I am most active. I am also on Rumble as well. So if you are active there, I am active there now as well. So we also have merch. And if you click on the merch link, you will get 10% off of any um, shirt or hoodie or long sleeve shirt, any type of merchandise for the rest of this month. Um, So it's only four days that you can get it 10% off. Type the word rogue into the promo code bar and you'll get 10% off. And also, um, what else was I going to say? (laughs) Anyone who buys my merch will get a shout out if they send me a picture wearing the merch. That is my way of giving back to you. And I hope you guys go ahead and buy yourself something nice. Anyway, y'all know the drill. It's politics first. Let's get the worst out of the way, okay? Man, we are jumping headfirst into the trenches, so hopefully you guys have your helmets on. Alright, suspect in murders of three... Including nine-year-old girl shouts Black Lives Matter slogan when handcuffed. So, before I start, if any of you are new here, all of my news and all of the articles that I read from are from Daily Wire or OAN. Usually it's from Daily Wire because as much as I love OAN, their app sucks. Sorry about that. You guys really need to update stuff. Oh, and my landlord's back into the office. Awesome. Okay. Excuse me. I have to load laundry. (laughs) Life stuff, right? Alright, let's get into this, man. Okay. Let's read. Show. A Florida triple murder suspect appeared to invoke a phrase associated with Black Lives Matter when police arrested him shouting I can't breathe as he was handcuffed by police. Keith Moses, 19, allegedly shot his acquaintance Natasha Augustin, 38, in Orlando as they sat in a car. Hours later, Florida photographer Jesse Walden and Spectrum News 13 reporter Dylan Lyons, who was 24, who was engaged to be married, were reporting from the crime scene when Moses returned and allegedly shot Lyons to death and wounded Walden. Moses then went to the home of a nine-year-old Tiana Major and her mother, where he allegedly shot the girl to death and wounded her mother. When police deputies uh, captured him, video shows Moses refusing commands to get onto the ground before deputies um, tackled him. They're killing me, they're killing me, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Moses shouted as deputies placed him in handcuffs. 
I can't breathe, was the slogan associated with Black Lives Matter movement. The phrase originated from Eric Garner, who died um, in 2014 after a conviction or confrontation uh, with a New York City police officer, George Floyd, who also became a BLM icon after his death in 2020 at the hands of a Minneapolis uh, police officer who uttered a phrase more than a dozen times while he was being subdued. Okay. I don't like the fact, like, I know a lot of people already know my opinion about Black Lives Matter. Jesus, I can't talk. This is one of the days, I feel like. But Black Lives Matter to me is just a way to push the democratic political agenda because a lot of African Americans are Democrat and because of that they think that in order to get more publicity um, they have to make people icons from police brutality Jesus (laughs) from police brutality so Even George Floyd's family was like, he would not want this because riots broke out and everything. It's sad that he died the way that he did, but I don't think we should be making them icons. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I know I'm a white person and I know I have my opinions and I'll express them, but I'm just not here for any violence, for violence. That's just not me. You know, anyway, according to Orange County Sheriff John Mina, the deputies seized a Glock semi-automatic weapon from Moses that was still hot to the touch, meaning he had, it had just been fired and there were no more rounds. Police said Moses later attacked hospital staff and pretended to be asleep to avoid being interviewed by police. Dude. What the hell? Like, despite his color, this man is fucking crazy. Okay. This sounds like a scene from a fucking movie. Like, who fuck, who the fuck pretends to sleep? And then they just attack. Like, okay. I turn around because I am like, oh, there must be a drive-by shooting going on. I see he's shooting at me, Walden said from the hospital. I assumed he was shooting at a house or something behind me, um, and I just happened to catch a bullet, but he kept shooting at me. Damn. Walden said said his slain co-worker was dedicated to journalism and justice. Dylan was a very, very wholesome person, Walden said. Like, he had a great sense of humor, too, and he had very strong sense of justice. He would really want everyone to follow the rules when it came to people with power. Dylan was a reporter I worked with every day, Walton continued. We were best friends. He was just a sweet guy. He was young and he loved trying hard. That's what we like to do. We like to push the boundaries. We like to get our hands dirty. It's just unprovoked, senseless, random violence and no one could have saw it coming. The deaths left the victims' loved ones shattered. Yeah. Yeah. My condolences to uh, Lion's family and Tiana's family. That's just... It's evil. Okay. You know, I'm not here to demonize any color of skin, because I don't believe that anybody should be judged by the color of their skin. Okay. I know that I am automatically judged by the color of my lily-white skin, okay? I can't help that. That's how God made me. If you want to have a problem with that, take it up with God, alright? God made me white for a reason. I'm not sure why, okay? But then again, I don't think God seeks color either. Maybe he just thought I was beautiful white, just like... You know, some African-Americans out there, 
God probably sees you gorgeous as black. Like, bro, we're all supposed to be in this together. We're not just a, we're not supposed to be divided like this. I don't believe in division. I don't believe in being segregated and being demonized because I'm white or anyone being demonized because they're black, Mexican, Asian, or whatever. I don't like that. So when I say that Black Lives Matter is a toxic group or an organization, yeah, it is. And there's many reasons for that. And I could sit here and say it. I couldn't sit here and say that um, all of the money that is donated to Black Lives Matter is going straight to the Democratic Party. They don't really care about black lives. It's been proven. I can sit here and say that Black Lives Matter has incited violence, especially Maxine Waters, who has decided to say that we need to keep fighting, fighting, fighting. She's incited violence. She has decided to just let BLM go rampant instead of actually having a senseless mind and or senseless, a sensible mind and saying violence isn't the answer. When George Floyd died, a lot of black businesses were torched and looted because everybody was angry. And that's exactly what the Democratic Party wanted. Okay? They wanted everybody to suffer, not just black lives. So do I believe that black lives matter? Yes. White lives matter too. All lives matter, and I know that is not racist. I don't care how you spin it. That's it. Every life matters. Senseless violence was taken, or has taken the life of my little girl, Tiana Major. The little girl's father wrote, She was a light to everyone that knew her. She was everything to us. She was a great student at the top of her third grade class and reading at the fifth grade level. She was outgoing as well as an amazing gymnast, as her teachers would say, the next Gabby Douglas. Aww. Lion's fiance, Casey Lynn wrote, the love of my life was murdered. I will never be the same again. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> you know, it's bad enough that adults were shot in this incident, but why did he have to take the life of a child? What was his thinking? Like, why did he have to kill a child? You know how much I love children and how much I try to defend them by exposing pedophiles and shit. This is not fair. Okay? Tiana didn't deserve to die. She didn't deserve to be uh, a name in an article. She didn't deserve that. She deserved much more. Okay, this one's about the train derailment in Ohio and how Trump is being blamed for it. So excuse me while I just play the first few notes of Folsom Prison Blues. It's my home state! I'm allowed to do shit like this. It's rolling around the pent. Sometimes you just need to laugh at stuff like this. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. But sometimes you just need to laugh at it. Fact check is the Trump administration to blame for the Ohio train derailment. See, everybody loves to blame Trump now that he's out of the fucking office. Like, please tell me how the hell he's to blame when he's the only guy that actually went to East Palestine to try and figure out what to do when, you know, fucking Biden decided to go to Ukraine and jack himself off. Like, mm -mm, claim the Trump administration 
dismantled Obama-era rail safety regulations and would have prevented the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. That's kind of, like, far-fetched, bro. But this is from, uh, what is it? What? Freebeacon.com. Listen, if it's a false, like, news website, I'm pretty sure I can smell bullshit. But we're just gonna read it because I don't believe in USA Today or NBC, WTOL, and CNN or Fox. Okay, (laughs) so... Let's see. Who said it? The White House Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg? (laughs) I'm immature. I'm sorry. Uh, Buttigieg? Buttigieg. We're gonna name him Buttigieg. Alright. CBS News, ABC News. Alright. Why it matters. After weeks of silence following the February 3rd train derailment, Uh, that basically nuked a town, yes, with toxic chemicals, the White House is trying to pass the buck to former President Donald Trump. The Biden administration claims the derailment would have never occurred um, had the Trump administration not scrapped rules that would have required new electric braking technology on trains carrying uh, large quantities of hazardous materials. If he updated... What is it? I have to read it again. (laughs) Let's see. I'm sorry for stopping. Not scrap the rules that would have required new electric braking technology. So he allegedly just decided to, you know, brush this off like it was not a problem. Is that what's going on? But the Biden administration has thus far failed to reinstate those rules, which would not have applied to the derailed train anyway. So, not even the Democratic Party has even tried to reinstate those rules either. So, I mean, I don't know if I blame Trump. I think he was more, you know, focused on more important things. And I'm not going to sit here and defend him. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. You know? I think, I don't know, in, in Ohio, especially in my hometown, all of the um, rails, like the train rails, they're rickety as fuck. Like, every um, train track, like all the train tracks here in Toledo have just been very old. Um, we have had one uh, train rail actually shut down because um, it it cut through a very busy street um, in my town so it shut down so there's no like trains what whatsoever on that rail so I mean I don't think it's necessarily Trump's fault I would say it would be the city's fault it would be the county's fault it would be the state's fault but as far as the president I didn't know that he was ever responsible for stuff like that. Um, I'm learning things every day, you know, but since the Democratic Party hasn't even done anything about it, why are you blaming Trump over the things that you could have changed? You know? The White House is going on um, the offensive against Republican criticisms over the lack of interest in the disaster. White House spokesman Um, And Andrew Bates demanded on Wednesday that the Republicans apologize for East Palestine's residents for selling them out to rail industry lobbyists. Um, But the Biden administration has been largely absent during the crisis. Instead of visiting Ohio, the president made a trip to Ukraine this week. But a jig, booty jig whatever the fuck his name is, meanwhile criticized construction workers for being too white and prioritized his personal time (laughs) throughout February, choosing instead to lash out at reporters who question him about his responses to the crisis. Just own up to your bullshit, dude. Biden should have kept America first going down there to fucking 
figure out what they can do and prioritize how to recover the city from this fucking awful spill that happened, alright? He shouldn't have just gone to Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine and Russia, I know they're in a war, but they can take care of themselves. That's between them. Okay? I don't know why we're all of a sudden going there when Ohio needed help. Like, fuck you, Biden. Like, no, fuck you, dude. I'm, I'm done. Like, I... <laughs> if there's ever been a negligent president, there it is. It's Joe fucking Biden. Fuck Biden, dude. Hate that dude. Anyway, Button Jig, uh, finally visited, uh, East Palestine on Thursday, but only after Trump visited the town the day prior. Copycat! Uh, the scandal plagued transportation secretary tweeted, um, Wednesday that his critics were cynically trying to divert attention away from the scrapped breaking regulations. You're. What is that one quote from Amazing Grace? Oh, man. If my dear friend would stop scraping at the bottom of the barrel, he wouldn't risk having splinters under his fucking fingernails. Like, damn. Stop it. You are grabbing at the smallest thing and trying to make it the most biggest thing. Is making a mountain out of a molehill. That's what my grandparents would say. Um, it is true that Trump's administration scrapped the electronic braking regulations for trains carrying large amounts of hazardous liquid liquids. Okay, so he, maybe he is part to blame. I don't like blaming him because he's done so much, but. I mean, nobody's perfect, you know, but anyway, but National Transportation Safety Board Chairwoman Jennifer um, Homendy, who was appointed by Biden um, unanimously, confirmed by the Senate said the rule wouldn't have applied to the Norfolk Southern train that derailed in East Palestine on February 3rd. Please stop spreading misinformation, Homedy pleaded on February 16th. Tweet thread, okay? Some are saying the ECP, the Electronically Controlled Pneumatic, I don't know how do you say that name, break rule of implement, if implemented, sorry, um, would have prevented the der derailment. Jesus. <clears throat> False. Here's why. She wrote, the ECP breaking rule would have applied only to the high-hazard flammable trains. The train that derailed in East Palestine is a mixed freight train containing three uh, placarded Class 3 flammable liquid cars. This means, even if the rule had gone into effect, this train wouldn't have had ECP brakes. She concluded, furthermore, the Biden administration has done little to revive the breaking rule, which would have mandated technology that would enable all rail cars to single on a single train system to apply brakes simultaneously. So federal officials told Washington Post that the Biden administration tried to restart the rule um, only to drop the effort after cost benefit analysis showed the cost prohibitive um, regulation would produce little real-world benefits. Okay? Then why are you fucking blaming Trump for doing that? Anyway. Um, in seeking a Republican scapegoat, <sighs> Buttjig um, has also falsely accused Senator Marco Rubio, Republican of Florida, of singing and of signing. Jesus, why would he be singing? <laughs> That'd be interesting to hear a politician sing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's videos of people doing that. But, um, signing an October 2021 letter in support of rail deregulations that would have, that would reduce visual track inspections. But the letter actually questioned why the Federal Railroad Administration 
was allowing automated track inspection procedures to expire, which would have updated the half-century-old visual track inspection regulations. So as far as I know, because there's trains everywhere in my city, like that's one of their main like transports is trains. So what they're saying is that um, people, like before they start driving the train, they have to walk around the whole train, making sure that every wheel on the is on the track. There's nothing like out of order. Everything's aligned. And then they go ahead and do what they have to do and drive. So I've seen a lot of people do that when they, like train workers, they do that before they go ahead and drive the train. Because if not, train derailments happen, accidents happen, wheels pop off, rails pop off, and it's not good. Not good at all. But, um, Let's see. Visual track inspection regulations. The letter called for testing to facilitate a better understanding of the optimal balance between automatic track inspection and visual inspection, a proposal supported by the Transportation Department's um, Inspector General. First, Secretary Pete was MIA in the derailment, Rubio said Tuesday. Then he lies to the media claiming that 2020 20, that my 2021 letter calling for more track inspections was a letter calling for deregulation. He is an incompetent, he is an incompetent who, um, is focused solely on his fantasies about his political future and needs to be fired. Actually enjoyed reading that. Interesting. I never heard of Free Beacon. We'll see if I'll actually um, read from this website again. We'll see. I don't know. But to be honest, I feel like I don't know. It could be both. I think Donald Trump was trying very hard to make America more productive on its own than, you know, us relying on other countries for funding and stuff like that, which is fine. I understand that, you know, countries need allies, but we don't need to be like mooching off of China or Russia or anything like that. And the reason why I love Trump is because he made America back into an independent country, but like I said, you know, it was his first time running for president. I'm sure he's made mistakes, and um, I know that Biden has made a lot of mistakes. Some of them honest mistakes, some of them just fucking downright dumbass mistakes. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know who's to blame, but this thing needs to be taken care of. Okay, this last story just kind of caught my eye. I've uh, gotten a notification about it yesterday, but didn't really know what was going on. So, Matt Walsh, didn't Matt Walsh get, like, fired from Daily Wire? Oh, no. Matt Walsh torches alleged ex-Biden administration luggage, or admin luggage thief Sam Brinton, the Harvey Weinstein of cross-dressing baggage thieves. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Daily Wire podcast host Matt Walsh torched a uh, disgraced former Biden administration official Sam Brinton um, during his podcast on Thursday over the latest woman to come forward to claim that Brinton stole her uh, her luggage. Ew. Tanzanian fashion designer Asaya Asia uh, Kosman or Kamson, sorry, uh, posted a tweet this week saying that her baggage was stolen from an airport on in Washington D.C. in 2018, um, and that after seeing Brinton 
in the news and doing some research, she believes that he stole her luggage because he was photographed wearing her custom-made clothing. Oh, wow. Brinton was eventually fired by the Biden administration late last year after facing multiple criminal charges across the country for allegedly stealing luggage from airports. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much you get paid to be a part of, you know, the Democratic Party, like, to be an admin for the Biden administration. But I'm sure you have enough money not to steal luggage from people. Why the fuck are you doing that? Now, I told you at the time that, you know, this guy was pretty clear to me is stealing the luggage. He's not stealing it because he wants the luggage, right? Walsh said. Nobody needs that much baggage, especially someone like him who already comes with so much baggage to begin with. <laughs> but it's very clear that he is doing this and he's targeting women because it's all part, again, of his sick, twisted fetish. Interesting. Walsh then began uh, talking about the tweet from Kasman, uh, saying that the evidence was presented by the fashion designer... Uh, I'm sorry, the fashion design made the situation pretty um, close to the case closed on this thing. Okay. Uh, what this means is that Brenton, the baggage bandit, has been patrolling our airports for years, and Walsh said. Um, he's been lurking in the baggage claim area like some kind of predatory forest creature on the prowl. Um, this is like when all the small dogs and cats in the neighborhood start going missing and you know that there must be a coyote in the woods except the coyote steals women's luggage and then persuades and then parades around in their clothing. <laughs> so when we say that these men are appropriating female identity, well, he was literally doing that, right? I mean, we were saying that about Sam Brinton when he was fired, first fired, and we were supposed to applaud him. God damn it. Um, I know about Sam Brinton. I don't know much about him, but I do know that he was hired along with another transgender person. Um, that's the first picture, like, that. that's the first thing that I learned is that Biden hired two transgender people in order to represent him and stuff. But I don't know anything else about him. This is me, like, learning all of this shit. But, like, how petty do you really have to fucking be to steal another woman's clothing? Like, are you really that mean girl that's like, oh, it'll look better on me, so I'm gonna steal your luggage because I'm a jealous bitch? Like, dude, get a fucking job. A real fucking job. A non-political one, because apparently you're not really good at keeping that. But anyway. And I know, I said, and many other people said, that he's making a mockery. He's appropriating womanhood and all the rest of it. He continued, we didn't realize how literally correct we were. He's actually stealing their clothing and putting it on, yet nobody ever connected the dots. Walsh joked that he was basically like a new Me Too movement, like this was the new Me Too movement where women are coming forward and claiming that they were victimized by Brinton. Wow. Um, all I know is that now we are seeing the beginning of a new Me Too movement, except that in this case, it's just women coming forward because Sam Brenton stole their baggage. It's going to be, it's a whole Me Too thing, he said. Um, hang on. No, I don't want to play that. <laughs> Alright, uh, Sam Printon is the Harvey Weinstein of cross-dressing baggage thieves. He is the Bill Cosby of baggage claim. He is, or is Sam Printon. 
And I just hope that more women have the courage to speak out. It's like, it's in all seriousness. It's pretty disturbing too. Can you imagine, like, you lose your baggage and then this creep, then, you know, this creep turns up wearing it. I don't really like the way Matt Walsh speaks. But then again, I don't like how I speak. Oh my god. <laughs> I scroll down to the bottom of the article and here's Sam Brinton. Vanity Fair published fashion feature on Sam Brinton showcased allegedly stolen dress. Okay, I usually don't do four, but here we go. Vanity Fair published him in a stolen dress. Vanity Fair magazine published a fashion spread in 2022 and featured disgraced former White House um, official Sam Brinton, who identifies as non-binary, wearing a clothing that was allegedly stolen, stolen four years earlier. Brinton was charged with felonies for allegedly stealing luggage from multiple airports uh, and was removed as a nuclear official in President Joe Biden's administration last December, and this story just took a strange turn. Asya uh, Kosman, I hope I say her name right, apologies, um, a fashion designer recalled having one of her own suitcases stolen from the airport in 2018 and out of curiosity visited Brinton's social media pages and to her surprise she said that uh, she saw multiple items from her personal collection splashed across Brinton's feed. I saw images, those were my custom designs which were lost in that bag in 2018. He wore my clothes which was stolen. Uh, she told Fox News Digital. But that wasn't all. Vanity Fair also published a photo spreading featuring um, Brenton in February 21st, 2022, titled All the Style from <laughs> Sam Brenton. The sub-headline gave a brief description saying the nuclear engineer appointed by President Joe Biden to serve as Deputy Secretary at the top of the Department of Energy has, in spite of his part, entered the crosshairs of controversy. The reason? A wardrobe made of stiletto heels, grand evening dresses, and flaming lipsticks. He looks terrible in lipstick, I'm sorry. Um, but according to a few social media sleuths, one of Cosman's uh, dresses appeared in the spread as well. Oh my god, Vanity Fair did a fashion article on Sam Brinton featuring um, the ousted Biden official in one of the uh, stolen dresses, whispers, Dementia? Dementia? <laughs> it says dementia! I'm sorry! Okay, well, she... MG eyes open, that's the tweet, the Twitter feed, but anyway. Sharing a photo of the Vanity Fair title page in response to a photo from the designer uh, alleging the dress was hers. Brenton was charged after police in Las Vegas matched surveillance photos of the alleged luggage thief <laughs> with a photo of Brenton wearing the same shirt. Um, that was posted to Instagram the same day uh, that the surveillance footage was taken. Um, the former Biden official was ultimately identified by a white t-shirt with a large rainbow-colored automatic nu nuclear symbol sign. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but was reportedly caught in a, on a video taking luggage from the Las Vegas airport. Brinton demonstrated several signs of abnormal behavior while taking the victim's luggage, which are cues um, suspects typically give off when committing luggage theft. Investigators um, in Las Vegas wrote on their reports. Specifically, Brinton pulled the victim's luggage from the carousel and examined the tag. Wow. Okay. Then placing it back on the carousel... Uh, looking in all directions for anyone who might be watching or might approach. P 
pulling it back off the carousel and demonstrating the same behavior by looking around, walking away, and uh, walking away with it quickly. Brenton, uh, only having checked one piece of luggage, which Brenton had already claimed from the carousel, had no reason to be examining and taking uh, any other pieces of luggage. Yeah. Stupid asshole. You do realize that there is a... Usually, like, airports sell luggage that have never been claimed. They sell luggage and they sell, like, whatever they can from luggage that has not been claimed. And they sell it to other people. That way it doesn't go to waste. <laughs> like, why don't you go there, asshole? Like, stop it. What the fuck? Listen, I usually don't do advertisements or breaks this early, but that was a lot of information, so we're gonna take a break. This is stuff that I find interesting. I actually did find something interesting. But I hate mix sometimes because if you change windows on the um, phone, you might get a different article and that's what happened. So I was going to be talking about dual citizenship in the um, countries that allow it, that are very lenient with it. <laughs> But I can't find the article now, so we're just gonna find another one. So, let's see here. Five books that will probably never be printed again. So we're just gonna go right into it. Fast Times by, or at Ridgemont High by Cameron Crowe. Screenwriter and Cameron Crowe, say anything almost famous, began um, contributing to Rolling Stone and other music publications when he was still a teenager. At the age of 22, he convinced Claremont High um, in San Diego to let him enroll as a student as he could chronicle the experience of a senior class, Fast Times, which changed his classmates' names to maintain the semblance of privacy, was adapted in 1980 into a 1982 film starring Sean Penn. The book went out out of print long after. Okay. Hasn't this guy been in high school before? Why would you have to enroll? again in order to get the experience. Haven't you already had the fucking experience? Despite the name recognition of both the title and uh, its author, Crow was... Crow has resisted any attempt to put it back in print, talking to The Hollywood Reporter in 2011. Crow said that he likes that there's one thing that's not readily available... I like it too much as a kind of bootleg. Rage by Stephen King. A rage too, I think. But In the 1970s, horror novelist Stephen King, um, who was often chastised for being too prolific, decided to adopt uh, a pseudonym in order to release more of, its, of his material without it the accompanying criticism, excuse me. The published seven books as Richard Bachman, um, The Rage, uh, was written while King was in his late teens and and concerned a high school student who kills his teacher and takes his algebra class hostage. In 1997, at least three adolescents who had brought weapons to school and killed her injured, killed or injured classmates 
had admitted reading the book and had it found in their possession. One said he modeled his behavior directly after the book's lead character. Um, A distraught king um, convinced his publisher uh, that the book was a possible accelerant and had no place on the shelves. Um, They complied. King was said that I pulled it because in my judgment it it might be hurting people um, and that made it the responsible thing to do. Promise Me Tomorrow by Nora Roberts. Wow. Yeah, Nora Roberts is a very, like, known fucking author. While Roberts might not be as celebrated as King, her success in the romance genre is impressive by any measure. As of 2011, she had over 400 million books printed. The lone exception promised me tomorrow a title uh, she wrote early on in her career, though Roberts had already finished well over 20 books by the time Promise Me Tomorrow was released. It doesn't appear uh, she's eager for people to revisit it. In 2009, Roberts told The New Yorker that um, it was full of cliches and committed the most erogenous uh of romance novel sins and unhappy ending. Oh, okay. Wait, we're not supposed to have, like... Man, I just want ads to go away. The Adpocalypse is not necessary. Sex by Madonna, 1920... 1992. She was probably born in 1922, but let me see here. By the time Madonna committed to a shooting coffee table, to shooting a coffee table photography book of herself, and models in various compromising positions, the world had gotten fairly used to the provocative behavior. Let's see here. I'm just getting bothered by so many texts and calls. I just, I don't want it right now. Nonetheless, when Warner Books released Sex in 1992, um, it promptly sold through half of its million copy print run inside a week. Okay. Instead, as a limited availability collector's item, the publisher has never expressed interest in returning it. Bookfinder, which uh, releases an annual list of the most sought-after out-of-print titles, regularly places the 132-page book at or near the top of the heap. Encyclopedia Britannica. So this is 1768 to 2012. So, the Vulnerable Reference volume taxed its last particle board bookshelf um, in 2012, when Encyclopedia Britannica Incorporated um, decided to cease publication of its analog information library um, at 129 pounds, the 1,395 collection sold. Yeah, that's how much it was sold for. Jeez, 1,395 dollars. Um, just 8,000 copies, so it sold 8,000 copies, uh, a far cry from the 120,000 sets the company moved in 1990. The advent of online resources like Wikipedia and prohibitive cost led Britannica to focus on online strategies. A total of 15 editions were released through 2010. Interesting. Wikipedia is not a good source of information. I'm just letting you know. Anybody can add information on that. Just saying. So you guys know how much I love Scandinavia and how much I talk about, like, Norway and Denmark and Iceland, but I never actually talk about Finland or Sweden So I'm going to talk about Sweden because they got a new hotel and it floats in 
it looks awesome. It looks like something from Game of Thrones. I wish I could like post a picture on the audio, but I can't. But um, I'll probably post the picture on my Instagram. That way you guys can look at it. It is, it looks so cool. It looks like Tim Burton and the director from Game of Thrones decided to just make a hotel just for the fun of it, just for shits and giggles. It, it looks really cool. So let us read this. That looks so fucking awesome. That looks so cool. Okay. A floating Arctic hotel is opening in Sweden. Naturally, the pool is freezing. Well, of course. I mean, cold dips are expected in Scandinavia. Especially in Sweden and Norway. I think Denmark does it too. But anyway, they just, they believe that if you, uh, take a cold dip in the icy waters, it, you know, helps your circulation, your blood circulation, and helps your immune system, which is real. I do it sometimes, but I just do it in the shower or the tub, <laughs> you know, because I, I, I don't live in, in the Arctic Circle or anywhere Arctic, but anyway... Let's stop babbling. Calling all wellness travelers. Me! Pick me! Uh, Sweden is set to debut um, an Arctic bath hotel. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. Um, and it's the ultimate retreat. Located in northern Lapland, the hotel floats on the Lule River. Don't worry, it's anchored in place. Um... Offering guests luxurious spa treatments and spectacular views of the Northern Lights. The hotel is slated to open fall of 2018. So this is an old one, so it's already open. I'm kind of mad at Mix for giving me outdated stuff, but anyway. Um, and will operate all year round. However, the recommended, or we recommend going in the winter for peak aurora borealis viewing. Just like its sister retreat, Tree Hotel, a nearby forest hotel comprising treehouse, guest rooms, the Arctic Bath Hotel design draws inspiration from the woods. The crisscross log exterior and paneled wood uh, interiors are both nods to Sweden's foresty industry, uh, whose products include paper, wood pulp and timber um, upon entry. However, uh, the main focus is the Arctic Plunge Pool. Oh my god. One of these that's, that, that is on my bucket list is to actually go to Scandinavia and do an Arctic Plunge. I would just need like a doctor's okay because your girl <laughs> just needs it. Um, the main focus is the Arctic Plunge Pool. Um, situated right in the middle of the hotel central um, and open air hub, the river pool is heated and a toasty 39 degrees Fahrenheit swim if you dare. I dare. If you need to warm up and after taking a dip in the Arctic bath, uh, trust us, you'll need to visit the adjoining hot bath or sweat it out in the on-site saunas uh, to take a break from the cold entirely. Uh, retreat to one of the six floating bedrooms. <laughs> They're equipped with uh, big windows so you can see the stars and the northern lights from the comfort of your cozy bed. Oh my god, I need this, please. I need this in my life. Uh, give me. Gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> uh, the circular shape of the spa and Arctic bath creates a protected environment sh uh, sheltering guests and creating a haven to relax and soak up the uh, local Arctic environment, said Johnny Cooper, founder of the Off the Map Travel, who will be launching the hotel with the Tree Hotel team um, in a press release. So, this will be a one-of-a-kind Arctic experience, although all seven uh, buildings will be securely anchored in place they are freely floating in water or frozen into ice. That's crazy. The hotel um, has a restaurant, lounge, and spa treatment room, uh, which give you plenty of options to avoid the icy water if you're a more warm-blooded traveler. 
I am a warm-blooded traveler, but I will try anything once, as long as it doesn't, like, compromise my spirit. <laughs> but listen, I would love to do this. I want to do this. I want to do an arctic plunge and just sit in a sauna to warm up. I need it. Um, and <laughs> as an added bonus, this retreat is eco-friendly. According to the hotel's website, it is designed with local materials that leave little to no impact on the surrounding environment. You'll be able to sit in the sauna and clear your sinuses with clear conscious. Um, reservations aren't available yet, but bookings can be made up to six months in advance. Once they open up, make sure you keep an eye on the website. In the meantime, head over to Finland, which... Uh, just opened Game of Thrones themed ice hotel. <laughs> and I just say this looks like the Game of Thrones hotel and Finland just goes ahead and takes the cake. Anyway, I'm going to see if I can just, I'm going to snap a picture real quick. Let me snap a picture. Yeah. Okay. I'm posting that on my Instagram. of the day. So, to boost happiness, treat your weekend like a vacation. If you're having trouble making time for a break, recent research suggests that simply treating your weekends like a vacation can make you happier. You are reading your weekly well-being newsletter. Nice, okay. Time off is important to reset and uh, recalibrate. If you are having trouble making time for a vacation, Recent research suggests that simply treating your weekend like a vacation will make you happier. The findings from researchers at UCLA Anderson School of Management are based on the uh, series of experiments in the study of 441 workers. Half are instructed to spend a spring weekend like they would any other but the other participants were instructed to treat this weekend like a vacation. When people returned to work Monday, those who spent the weekend like vacationers reported more happiness, less negativity, and more satisfaction than those who approached the weekend like they always did. Weekend vacationers also spent more money on vacation. Um... About 130 compared 130 dollars compared to the 104, uh, but it wasn't money that brought happiness. Um, after controlling, uh, we have maintenance workers up here. After controlling for the amount of money, and the vacation group was still happier than the control group. One reason the vacation approach may have worked. Wonders, the vacation mindset appears to be a more mindful mindset. Vacationers reported being more attentive to the present moment. Treating the weekend like a vacation activates the mindset shift, nudging, its, nudging us out of the constant doing mode where our activities are items we're trying to get through to check off or to do our to-do lists. And Cassie Holmes, professor of UCLA's Anderson School, and a study co-author, the vacation mindset allows us to feel like we can actually take a break and enjoy the moment. While you get to assume someone uh, could get more joy out of a trip to an amusement park, or sitting at home watching television, it wasn't the activities that predicted happiness. Our results suggested that during attention to, or directing the attention to present, um, was the most important for reaping emotional benefits from time off, the authors wrote. Um, the study showed that getting into the vacation mindset during one weekend is relatively easy to replicate the research in your life. Just use a six-word prompt 
at the start of the weekend. Treat the weekend like a vacation. It's that simple. I love this finding because it's so easy to implement, yet can have such a dramatic effect. And Holmes, author of the book, Happier Hour, How to Beat Distraction, Expand Your Time, and Focus on What Matters Most. The researchers had one important uh, cavit. Cavit? Is that how you say that name? Anyway, they uh, strongly cautioned readers against using the technique as a substitute for actually taking a vacation. But the results, they said, offer initial clues into how vacations improve emotional well-being and identify a way for people to make sure or and make more of the time off they already have. Uh, for more insights into taking vacations, this is part of type of story. Okay, cool. And whether you have a vacation weekend or taking a needed week or two off for fun, don't let the vacation mindset ruin a healthy diet. Our team, by the way, has advice. Okay, I'm not gonna about to click on another article. Anyway, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you in the trenches next time.